primary care of Blacksburg. This is our first recorded, um, you could call it a podcast, audio message that we will send out in an email. Um, so many of you have been very, um, we, we just really appreciate all the feedback we've gotten on the emails. The goal of the emails has been to inform people, kind of keep like a coherent message going, keep some contact up, um, you know, give you a place to kind of get the pertinent local facts and then move on. And it's been a lot of fun, but we're going to try, um, we'll try doing this as a recording. We'll try to do this at least once a week for a little while here. And this also helps us answer many of your questions at one go, because obviously we're getting some of the same questions repetitively. So, with me in the studio today is the lovely Angelina Levy. Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe it's Nurse Gina to you. Yeah, okay, so Nurse Gina, yes ma'am. And the studio, in case you guys are wondering, is just the back room. And so if you hear cars driving by, that's why. Um, so, if you hear our phones ringing, that's why. Um, we won't say any names. One of you just texted us. Um, so, to start off, uh, so today we're going to kind of, um, talk a little bit about what we're doing differently here at the practice, and then talk, we're going to focus on some of the COVID testing things. Um, this is the question of the week, is how do I get a test, what's the test worth, etc. So we'll get to some of that. But first of all, Gina... What have you noticed that's different here at Direct Primary Care Blacksburg, besides the microphone and the headphones and the crickets and all that stuff? Well, I've noticed that there are masks in every single room of the office, including the bathroom, which seems a little strange to me. Excessive. Um, For starters, uh, let's see, I guess we've also been seeing patients out in the parking lot, um, which seems a little different, although I do love being outside and... There's a part of me that hopes you'll consider doing that in the future, COVID or no COVID. Um, I think what else? We could. We could do drive-through DPC. Yeah. I, um, I will tell you guys, we've had some pretty hilarious looks from the fraternity brothers <laughs> next door. <laughs> we've been standing out there in our zoop suits, but anyway. But yeah, exactly. And some of this was in an email the other day. But we, you know, if you come to our front door, we're asking that you hang out in your car until we call you in so that we're not overlapping too many people in the lobby, which has never really been a problem, but now it's really not a problem. <laughs> um, some friends of ours who, um, I guess we probably shouldn't say on the, oh shoot, we'll just say PMSI has donated <laughs> some hand sanitizer to our lobby so you can wash your hands in the lobby. Um, I'm not supposed to endorse any companies there, but they no. did donate hand sanitizer, so. And what company was that? PMSI. Okay, let's not forget the I, okay? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I didn't pick their company name. Um, but yes, so we're trying not to overlap you in the lobby, trying to protect our neighbor upstairs, etc. And then, but other than that, you know, we are still seeing lots of stuff, you know, as necessary. If you have upper respiratory symptoms, fever, cough, we are meeting you in the parking lot and doing as much as we can out there. Um, so. And it's working, and it's weird, and it's inefficient, but what isn't these days, so... It's going to work. It's working. It's going to work. It's temporary, right? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> 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 it's 
let's talk about that. Um, testing. So, so Gina, tell us about. Well, uh, well, I want to know. All I really want to know are what are the latest facts? Because okay. I hear info from everywhere, from everyone, but I just want to know, like, what's the facts? Okay. So, the information we're giving you is mostly from the Virginia Department of Health. You can certainly get a lot of similar information about the whole country, but we're trying to stay focused local here. Um, yesterday on the Virginia Department of Health website, if you click on that little COVID banner and go through, um, they added some really cool stuff. So they now you can now take that little map with kind of like the different blues, mm-hmm. and you can um, toggle it to report rate per 100,000. And I've talked with many of you about that. You know, total cases is interesting, scary, whatever, but rate per 100,000 is much more accurate when you're looking at a map. And and it, you know, if you look at Virginia, you you change it to that, it spreads the cases greatly. I think Acomac County over here, um, you know, it's an island. If you change it to number of cases, they have 100 cases. If you you change it to rate per 100,000, they have three, where'd it go? They actually have 308 cases per 100,000. So it's a very rural area that actually has had some pretty significant outbreaks. So that, you know, that's better information, I think. Um, here in Montgomery County, we have, well, I'll give you totals first. So our total count is 50 in Montgomery County total cases and six hospitalized and zero deaths. And I've talked to several of you about the one death that happened at Wake Forest. Um, that has not showed up in our numbers. So I don't know more details about that. But so when you're saying total cases, you're saying these are the number of people that have tested positive that could be completely asymptomatic, right? Zero symptoms at all? Correct. Or? Well, it's both. So it is, it, you, could, you could be an asymptomatic positive test, right. um, but it also includes probable cases. Gotcha. So you don't necessarily have to have been tested to get that. Especially early on, there was a lot of cases where we basically said you have it um, based on your symptoms, isolate, do this, that, and the other. But um, increasingly, I think that number is confirmed by PCR testing cases. So, And then, you know, if you scroll down, you can see the whole um, New River Valley Health District in that little um, um, scrolling section. Floyd has one case, Giles has four, Pulaski has ten, Radford has two, um, Pulaski has a couple hospitalized, but none of those other counties have actual hospitalizations, so, um, still I mean, do you think these are accurate? Do you think these numbers are accurate? What are your thoughts on them? Do you, I mean... I think these numbers are very accurate for confirmed cases, so, and we'll talk through some of the testing here in a second, but, like, when you look at testing... The, the best number that testing is giving us is, sorry, hold on. <laughs> the best number that, text, that the testing is giving us is the confirmed positives. Um, now, we can talk about how useful it is to know that I have COVID um, if I'm already coughing, running a fever, <laughs> going somewhere, to, to the extent that I've gone somewhere and need a test. You know, what does that actually change about my care? What should that change about my care? But certainly that is a much more reliable answer than a negative. We'll, we'll talk about some of that in a second here. But then if you go up there and you toggle that and you say rate per 100,000, so Montgomery County, um, 
has 50.5 per 100,000 population. So I guess there's 100,000 people in Montgomery County right now. Good to um, know. What I'd be sort of curious to know is how did the Virginia Tech students count into that population since they're not here? Um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, so click through that. I mean, I just think this is, you know, maybe this is, you know, Gina and I are kind of nerds. We like to click through. Another cool number off of here was 1,471 people tested. So that gives you an idea of how many have been tested um, versus those positives. So anyway, I just think they've got some good data. I was saying the other data, I think I said in my email, if you look at some other health department websites um, from different states, um, Virginia's doing pretty, pretty good. I mean, this is good, clear information, and it's been up to date. So, so yeah. I kind of like the fact that they have prioritized who gets tested too. Do you know what I mean? On some level, so it would be interesting for me to know what the demographic makeup was of the people being tested. Do you know what I mean? Like, not only by age, but, you know, were they hospitalized people? Were they symptomatic healthcare workers? Were they people working in long-term care facilities? Do you know what I mean? Things like that. Kind of interesting. Were they first responders? Yeah, that would be. And some of that, well, sort I mean, they have male, female. They have some races that were in. The race data is kind of skewed because a lot of people didn't actually report. Um, age group is on there, so you can see, you know, right. Like 50 I know they're doing it by age, but yeah. So, anyway, um, cool. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. So, like, what are the current testing criteria? That's changed some this week. Yeah. Pop quiz. What do you know, Gina? What do I know about the current criteria? I, I mean, I know that there are different priorities for testing, so I know. The number one, I guess, group, priority one, is basically based on two subsets of people, people that are hospitalized and symptomatic health care workers. That's my understanding of it. And then there's another priority group. Um, because, And this is done based on people that have the highest risk for, you know, complications of the infection itself, not just because, you know, my employer wants to know, but who has a greater likelihood of having really serious effects from catching covid so priority two people, I think, are people that are in long-term care facilities and patients that are basically 65 years or older that are having symptoms, and then people with underlying conditions with symptoms, like people that have chronic illnesses, like let's just say maybe diabetics or people with a history of chronic lung conditions, mm-hmm. um, and then first responders with symptoms, and then after Um, After all of that gets handled, then it's priority three, which are basically people that are critical to the workforce um, with symptoms and, uh, you know, um, then people with mild symptoms in communities that are experiencing a really high COVID-19, I don't want to say breakout, but what would be the right word to use? Like population? Right, yeah, Yeah. or or tracing, so if, if, if I have it. And then, and I know individuals without any symptoms are basically they are not they're considered non-priority as far as testing goes. At least that's what I can gather from the CDC and Virginia Department of Health. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think what we're seeing more now is is um, 
you know, as more of us know people that have been tested or know people that maybe are positive, is we're seeing, we're getting more experience with the health department's response, which is super cool. You know, they're contacting, like if I got it, they would be reaching out to Gina, because I work with her, and saying, hey, we need to know if you have any symptoms and these kind of things. So a more specific surgical tracking down of who could have it. So. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I don't know about you, but I did not expect, no offense towards the Virginia Department of Health, but I did not expect like this high level of response and how committed they are to this. That's really impressed me as a provider, um, you know, because it's clear that that's not going on in some of the states around us and even in some of the communities around us. They just don't have the number of people sure. to support that. So. I, I'm just very grateful to the Virginia Department of Health, honestly. Yeah, humble old us, and we've gotten three calls now from the epidemiologists, you know. No, right? Um, so, yeah, we're feeling loved on by them. Um, so can I ask you, too, yeah. I guess a question I want to know is, how good are these tests? Like, okay. I mean, is it like a flu swab? Is it like a strep swab? Like... How do I, how does the average bear, you know, like the average layperson with no medical experience kind of frame the effectiveness of testing? Okay, good question. Not a short answer. Um, so I, th- I think the fir- one thing to think about is how the virus infects people and that kind of it will help explain the different tests. So um, some of you know this very well. Um, I can't think if we have any virologists in the practice, but we probably have somebody who studied virology and is going to call me and say, you're way off. <laughs> but here we go. Um, so the, you know, it's a virus. So it flies around through droplets in the air, whatever, gets up into your nasal pa- passages, typically initially. And what the virus does is it's a very simple little thing. You know, it, it is RNA that gets into one of your cells and takes over your cell's ability to reproduce or recreate RNA. So we are sort of explaining this to the kids the other night. They were not getting it, but, you know, and I don't even know why we were explaining to it because I needed an example for today. So here we go. You know, we've all seen a printer with a drawer on top that that paper feeds through. So in your, every cell of your body, there are these little printers, right? These little enzymes that replicate um, genetic material. And so your, you know, one strand of genetic material is going through the, the feeder drawer or what is it, what is it called on our printer? The the deck or something. It's called that thing. Document feeder, the document feeder. And then the other, then the new strand Mm -hmm. of genetic material is coming out the, where the paper spits out. Right. The paper spitter out. The paper spitter out. (laughs) Okay, and and so and, and this happens in cells normally. Well, so let me get this straight real quick. You're saying that RNA is basically the messenger, right? True. And that DNA basically is responsible for carrying out the genetic information in our cells. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay, I got you. But, but in this case, it matters because this is an RNA virus. Okay. And the way that, you know, Gina gets this virus and passes it to me is the virus takes over her printers and we're, you know, we're familiar with computer viruses. So imagine a virus just got your printer and now it's making copies of itself. Um, millions and millions of copies. The paper spitter outer is just spraying copies of virus. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then these become transmissible. Now you pass it on to somebody else. 
Um, so, so how do we test for this virus? Okay, and then the next thing that happens is your immune system responds slowly, right, over a few days. Right. And as your immune system responds, um, you beat the virus, right? Okay. Two weeks, week and a half, um, depending on how badly you get it, okay? Right. So if I want to test for this virus, the first test and the test that we've all been talking the most about, or I guess we've actually been talking about this one less, but the one, the, the test that we have available most commonly around here is a PCR test. And this little swab goes up in your nose. Um, it is a flocked swab. They're all the rage right now. Look it up what that means. You don't have to, but this is the kind of swab you need to do this. And it actually captures on the head of that swab little bits of that virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what, what they take to the lab. You know, we stick it in a transport medium. They take it to the lab. And they do a polymerase chain reaction, and they multiply it millions of times such that the reagents that they have can identify that as, yep, that is the COVID virus, which they can trace back to its, as it's mutated all the way back across the globe to China. So, um, so think about it. You know, that test is actually, and that's actually, if that test is positive, it's a pretty good test. You know, mm-hmm. it tells me I have it. They captured a piece of the virus that they can identify, right? So um, that testing, if you are positive, you have it pretty much. You know, I mean, there's certainly some error. However, if you do that test and it says you don't have it, mm-hmm. that's not that good a test. You know, there's a pretty high false negative rate. I've heard some different numbers, but up to 30%, okay? So if, you know... So that's not very good. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, that's, that, you know, a lot of people that th- now, will now think I don't have it, and then maybe you do. So um, using this universally to test everybody isn't actually collecting fantastic information for us, right? It's not really telling us where the virus is or isn't. So gotcha. the second test that has been all the buzz this week and that we've been doing a lot of talking about are these antibody tests that are testing your immune system. Mm-hmm. So has nothing... Well, indirectly, it has a lot to do with the virus, but, you know, the virus could be gone, but have you responded to this? And on paper, that sounds pretty good, you know? Right. You know, we heard a lot of people talking, I wonder if I had this back in December when I had that cough or sniffle at Christmas. And, you know, we hope you had it at Christmas and you have some immunity to it. Mm -hmm. How do we prove that? Well, does your immune system still recognize this? So these are blood tests. Um... And they are, the best I can say about them is they are improving. <laughs> we hope. Helpful. Helpful, <laughs> they, right? they are not very good right now. Um, in places where there is higher prevalence of the disease, mm-hmm. some of these numbers look better. But um, the, these tests are largely worse than a coin flip at predicting the virus. I mean, right. this week we've had a one person in the practice who had a negative antibody test mm-hmm. and a positive PCR test. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I think there's a lot of political pressure. Um, you know, these labs are un- scientists are under pressure to come up with something. So this is right. what we've got, what we're producing, but these are not very useful tests. And all. to be fair, doesn't it take some time, um, to develop antibodies in some people like you don't exactly like Exactly. Within five minutes, hey, I'm positive for antibodies. Does exactly. it work that way or not exactly. really, right? Which, which is fair, Gina. So thinking of the cases we've talked about recently, sure, those people could have, they could now have positive antibody tests. Right. Um, so 
So, and, so. and it, is this stuff pretty expensive or like, or is it yes. affordable, easily accessible? or It's all over the map. Um, the cost to you could be very different, you know. If you're a first responder, you're riding an ambulance around, you're going to get a free test pretty soon here if you haven't already. Um, if you're... Um, a, but, like, you haven't been tested, right? Correct. So, you know, if you and are... And you... Well, can I ask you a personal question? Mm-hmm. Like, you have tests. You have testing ability here in the office, right? Why didn't you test yourself? It doesn't change what I would do. Okay. Okay? So, yeah. this is a good example. So... You know, let's say I've got these different tests available to me, you know, and I do a PCR test Mm -hmm. and I am positive. Okay, great. I have it, you know, that, you know, and if I had symptoms, sure, I would test that because I would not want to infect people that I'm seeing. Um, I do not have any symptoms whatsoever at this point. So I'm saving that test for someone who needs it much more than I do. Let's say that test was negative. Let's say I came in every day before I saw patients and did a test Mm -hmm. just to make sure I didn't spread this to anybody. That's what would have to happen. I would have to burn a test every morning to reassure myself every day that I wasn't right, that I I was fine. And then that test would not come back for at least a day or two. Okay. Now that has improved. We're getting them back quicker. And it wouldn't change anything, right? Because you'd still be wearing all of your protective personal equipment. and Exactly. The way you interact with patients since and stuff would be the exact same way, right? Absolutely. Okay. Universal precautions. Exactly. You know? I mean, that's what staying at home is, right? It's pretending yeah. everybody has it. Right. <laughs> right? Let's just all pretend, all all Americans, let's pretend we all have it. Right. That's what we're doing right now. That's so. what we're trying to do. I got gotcha. you. Good. Well, can I ask you just, uh, just in closing, um, and thanks for clarifying some of these things for me, but I've got some questions. So I want to ask you, like, let's just say... You know, I, I mean, allergies are in bloom, you know, like flowers in bloom, my allergies are a peak, kind of got this ongoing, let's just say hypothetically that I had this kind of like little bit of what I call allergies, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that I get every year or whatever, but my grandmother's in a local nursing home or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Like, I know these are allergies, Mm -hmm. you know, like, should I... Should I still try? Or even say she's not in a nursing home. Say my grandmother is just elderly, living at a home somewhere, you know, on her own. Like, should I go by and visit? Should I be dropping off stuff? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Should you be tested? Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. So, first of all, I guess good luck seeing grandma in the nursing home. Right. (laughs) Um, Probably a bad example. You know, nursing homes are a recipe for disaster, and they know it, and they're doing their best. Right. right? You know, you can't just lock elderly people up and not go see them. Somebody's got to go in there every day and bring things and do daily care. So, um, it's difficult, and I, you know... But what about interacting with the age? Let's just sure. say that. No, sure. Um, so, you know, if you, again, I, I like the idea of pretending I have it, mm-hmm. you know, when in doubt, you know. Um, certainly things like a fever and a cough are, are different than allergies, okay. you know. And, right. and, there, and there's ways we can help people talk that through some, mm-hmm. you know. There's, you know, what's your history? Do you always have allergies this time of year? You know, is Claritin helping? You know, these kind right. of questions. Um, versus, um, you know, being terrified because I sneezed yesterday. Um, right. So gotcha. um, I, I think there's some common sense that will go a long way. Remember, we're not, social distancing is not a cure for COVID. 
Okay, right. we're flattening the curve. Right. So well, you're saying it's helpful, but it's not. Do you? Right. I mean, uh, do you so think it's helpful? Yeah, I don't think it's the end of COVID though. You right. Know, right. So, so, it, and that's how we got to keep thinking about it. Right. Um, but what you know, when in doubt, be careful. You know, my my, my grandparents are very elderly. I saw some pictures last night. They had a dinner party on their porch and they stayed inside the screen and some cousins came over and ate dinner on the porch and it was cute and good so there's like you're saying there needs to (laughs) be some grace yeah oh absolutely um you know you've we've all seen the pictures of people talking to each other through the window of the nursing home sure um right uh, okay let me ask you another question what if Um, like i need to go to work let's just mm -hmm. say what if i I don't know, like me as your nurse or say you were a dentist and I was one of your dental workers or what, how does that work? Like, yeah, so somewhat arbitrarily in some cases, but you know, the government has decided who's essential and who's non-essential here and we've all had a crack up about where some of these lines have been drawn. Um, like as a grocery store worker, those are essential workers, absolutely. right? I mean, there are outside of medicine, there are a whole lot of other people that are essential workers or absolutely qualifies so, that. So the CDC has made some slightly scary, I think. Um, I mean, I agree with them, but <laughs> slightly <laughs> scary allowances for healthcare workers. You know, right. where they are allowing people to get back to work if you are an ER nurse or an ER right. doctor, and we need you here right now, right? Um, or somebody who knows how to run a ventilator, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think um, this has happened so fast and there are so many, there's so many situations that these are situations I think there's some value in talking it through and so giving advice. So you're my but doctor. Yeah. You're my doctor. I come to you because my employer wants to know whether you think I'm an essential worker right. or not. Are you going to be, are you as Dr. Matt McCarthy mm-hmm. going to be determining who qualifies as an essential worker or not? No, and not okay. at this point. You know, okay. the, these are these are decisions that are being passed out through HR departments across the country. Okay. You know, these That's are fair. conversations to have with with your employer, and 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 there's a lot of gray areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, there's a lot of gray areas. So, we're. I mean, I'm glad to talk to you about it. <laughs> right. Um, my note doesn't get you back to work or keep you out of work necessarily. Right. You know, um, and, and and there's a lot of trust that and, and rapport that needs to be maintained between employers and employees right now That's a good to point. say, you know, okay, if you call in and you say, I'm running a fever and coughing, right. um, my doctor said, stay home, don't go out, um, I'm not coming into work today, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's tough, um, and that, that was, I know that's going to cause friction yeah. all across the country, but I think that's, you know, Gina I, and I have talked a lot about this, that's been one of the messages we want to get out is there's going to be a lot of conflict in the next couple months between individuals who interpret guidelines one way, interpret the news one way, Mm -hmm. you know, interpret their situation one way. No, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, because you you give 10 people, you know, you direct 10 people to, I don't know, the CDC or, Mm -hmm. and 10 people will walk away with many different interpretations of what they just heard. And that's kind of interesting um, in recognizing how we all process information and what we hear and, you know. So my last question, I guess, for you today is, like, what do I do if I'm, you know, I'm at home and I'm I'm just bored. I just need to get out. I just want to get out. What do I do? 
well, do I come to your house and pick blueberries or yeah, how does that work? Yet, yeah. Um, Offer my babysitting services to you, or well, I think the the greater context of that question was, should I be tested? And at, you know, at this point, we are not doing universal testing. Now, if you're home and bored, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have said this many times: get outside for Pete's sake. But in the I rain, even in the rain, do it, do it, whatever it People takes. People travel from all over the world to get lost in our woods here in Southwest Virginia. Right. And um, I've said this to a few people. I, <laughs> I cannot think of a better place to be, probably in the whole world right now, than Southwest Virginia. Right. I just hope, as your nurse, that because uh, people are going to take you up on this and get out, that you won't miss a Lyme's case because you're so focused on COVID. <laughs> Do you know what yep, I'm saying? We've already had our first Lyme's case. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so life goes on. Yeah. We can still talk about ticks. Maybe that's why you have me around here to say, hey, I know you're thinking this person may have COVID, but did you notice the bullseye rash on their, on their, their forehead? <laughs> right. Right. Good. Well, yeah, I love it. The perspective this has given is <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad you're still healthy and strong and able to laugh. And I'm certainly glad I'm, I'm still employed as your nurse and I'm healthy and strong. <laughs> Real quick, so I'm going to put this in the email that we send this out with, but a couple okay. of announcements. So one thing that we're heading into in the next month or two here is a school physical crisis. Um, as far as we know, and we need to think this way, you know, schools will be on in the fall. So um, nobody's been getting their physicals now for a while. Um, so it's going to have to happen. We're going to have to figure out health, uh, safe ways to do that. So what we're doing is we are, well, A, for our member patients, um, contact us. We can get you on the schedule. Gina's, going to be, Gina's here now. She's um, our new nurse practitioner. So, Soon to be. Yeah. So that's a whole other story. Like every school right now, her actual final stamp of approval is on hold because of COVID. But Um, she's here. She's going to be doing school physicals on Tuesdays. We're just going to kind of maintain the office just for kids on Tuesdays. Um, so you're not overlapping your kids with a whole bunch of sick people and just start knocking these out. So let us know. And then also if you have friends that need this done, we're opening it up to the greater community. So we're charging $25, um, for a school physical. Um, and we are, um, yeah, just open to, Use that as an outreach. Use that as a way to share your, uh, you know, send people by. If you've told them about us before and they don't believe it or they want to meet us, see the office, send them by. We'll, we'll see them. So, so that's one thing. And then also, now that Gina is here, we are getting ready to um, jump, jump into a lot of women's health that has been waiting for Gina to be here. So if that's you and you've been putting off a women's health visit, I can think of several names off the top of my head right now. Um, give us a shout and we'll get that on the schedule. So, Dr. Matt, why under Gina School Physicals, Gina Women's Health, that's in my color, why is it under someone else's color does it say under that, mow, play golf, and stay awesome? <laughs> like, is that so, you or is context, that Dr. Gina Lee? Gina is looking at our whiteboard here at the office of all yeah. of our to-do and notes. And yeah, that's what it says on this way. Gina, Mo, Gina, Gina, Gina. Be and awesome. 
Wow. <laughs> Notice he hasn't crossed it off yet, so maybe he's still hoping to do those things at some point. Gotcha. Well, hey, this has been fun. Thanks so much for inviting me to come and do your podcast with you. <laughs> um, yes, this was fun. Um, hope you all enjoy. <laughs> Feel free to shoot us some feedback, and um, we'll be seeing each of you soon.